Researchers at the University of Colorado have uh, found, they've made a groundbreaking discovery, David. That's exciting. I mean, really uh, could change the course of, of human history. Okay, that, that sounds pretty cool because NASA's coming out some pretty interesting stuff too. So what, what's the University of Colorado got? They have found a potential link. Yeah. Um, a mind-controlling parasite found in cat feces may give people the courage they need to become entrepreneurs. <laughs> we can totally eliminate fear with cat feces. David, the implications? This is the only thing I'm seeing. I'm seeing people reading this article and scooping their cat litter and then eating the cat feces and like going in and yeah, you, sitting their articles like that's, that's not that's not what you want to do. You want to boil the feces. Oh my god. You want to get a syringe. Of course. You want to extract uh, the amoeba, whatever, <laughs> the parasite. You want to inject that straight into the arm. That's, okay. Actually, the, the buttocks. I think that's probably <laughs> the, butt. the most potent place. No, so I guess what happens is there's, there's this parasite that rats have um, that, that only some rats have, and it makes them unafraid of cats, right? And so those rats tend to be eaten by cats. Those cats then poop out the parasite, and um, somehow they did. Uh, somehow they're creating super soldiers, <laughs> cat feces. That's all I know. That's all I know. So Colorado's gonna have the first army of fearless soldiers because they're feeding their soldiers cat poop. <laughs> I think it's probably just the weed. This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast in the known universe featuring a couple of guys talking about sports. I'm Anthony, and I'm here with David. Hey, David. What's up? Uh, a couple of quick announcements before we get rolling, uh, and this is pretty exciting. We are, are now on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and YouTube. Do a search on any of those platforms. You can find us. Please subscribe. Um, like the episodes and leave a five-star review. That would really help us out a lot. And then we can uh, we can have real sponsors. Um, and a big shout out to someone who left a review under the name number one mom fan. I don't know who that was. No idea. No idea who that was. But thank you, number one. Someone mom fan. who someone who's a really big fan of moms apparently. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, David, it's good to have you uh, back in person. It's You've the been... first the first time we're recording in person, and that's exciting. I've been gallivanting yeah. through Nevada. Yeah, right. you, you were in a you were in a car with uh, your wife and children for the past two days on your way back. So I'm sure that was an awesome experience. I'm tired. I bet. No, for little kids, my kids travel great. My wife set up a little potty. Yeah, in the van, and so we didn't have to stop every ten minutes to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it was great. It, and, and do, do your kids, uh, do they get to like play on the phone or, or the, like, the they, tablet or whatever? Do you, have, do you have anything like 2018 they, entertainment? Oh, yes. Okay. Every once in a while, I think twice, they played on my phone. But, okay, this is awesome. So I set up a small TV, like a $70 TV from Best Buy, and I plugged in um, a small Nintendo to the Raspberry Pi, <laughs> and my kids were playing Excite Bike, and they were playing Super Mario World and stuff. It was pretty fun. Like, I... I Sent videos to the family, not videos, but pictures to the family of us, like back there playing Mario. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. And uh, on the um, on the way back, when I played it in for the return trip, the screen was broken on the TV. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You're a modern day pioneer. I don't know how you did it. 
Okay, there's a DVD player in the van. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we survived. Oh, good. We made it. I was worried. We were okay, we were okay. Oh, and I was thinking, you know the, uh, the cat story you just read? Yeah. Is that any way related to you now having two kittens in the house? Oh, that's true. Yes, we, uh, while you were gone, we got two kittens. Um, I don't know if it's related at all, um... Although I have gotten in four fights at work. And, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. A little more confident. Yeah, I just, uh, all my prohibitions are gone. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're doing a podcast? Yeah. Weird. So, uh, no. No, yeah, the, the two kittens, uh, Mamba and, and Koozie, um, named after, uh, well, Mamba is black, so Black Mamba, named after Kobe. And uh, Koozie, short for uh, Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma. Why'd you name the black and white one Kyle Kuzma? I just think she has greatness inside her. She's young. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, 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 enough of that. Anyway, I'm, okay, I'm ready. Go. Anthony, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about something that I haven't been emotionally ready to talk about yet. Okay. But I think I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, this is kind of hard for me. Oh, maybe I can't do it. Okay. All right. I... <clears throat> I'm a huge LeBron fan. Congratulations. I'm not done. Okay. I'm a huge LeBron fan. I was uh, in high school, and I was watching him play basketball when he was in high school, and I was like, that's amazing that this guy's going to take over the NBA in his teens. And I followed him ever since. He went to Cleveland, great. All of a sudden, I'm, Cav- I'm a Cavaliers fan. He goes to Miami, I'm a Dwayne Wade fan. Well, I've always been a Dwayne Wade fan, but I, I-, I liked Chris Bosh for crying out loud. <laughs> Mike, Mike You're Miller. the one. Yeah, yeah. Mike Miller became one of my favorite players for like ten minutes. <laughs> Who's that? The shoe guy. <laughs> he made a three pointer without a shoe on. That shoe's in the Smithsonian or something now. Anyway, the Miami version of the Smithsonian's like the Clevender Hotel or something. But okay, and, and, and so I follow LeBron. He goes back to Cleveland, has his championship. It was a great moment, and now he's oh, he's he's going to play in LA now. I've never liked the Lakers. I've never liked Kobe. I never liked. Magic and Kareem. I respect them. Respect Kobe's game like crazy. Yeah. But I've never liked them. And, and now, I think I'm finally ready to talk about it. I'm finally ready to <laughs> embrace this purple and gold yeah. LeBron jersey idea. And you being a LeBron fan now, I'm guessing, because he's playing sure. for your team. I mean, the Lakers are your favorite team. Yeah. But I was wondering, you're also a huge Kobe fan. Huge. Yep. So how do you reconcile like the king coming to take Kobe's crown and you rooting for LeBron? I don't see any conflict there. I I don't think no matter what LeBron does, Kobe's legacy is Kobe's legacy. Uh, it's not going to take away the championships he won, the the MVP, the Finals MVPs, uh, the All Star appearances. It doesn't do anything to that. I, if anything, it just builds the Lakers brand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm of the opinion they, uh, their legacies can coexist. And we'll see. I mean, I don't I, – I hope LeBron wins some championships with the Lakers, but we'll see. If he doesn't, I'm more afraid of – well, obviously, I'm more afraid of this. I'm more – I'm interested to see what happens if he doesn't win a championship in L.A. Uh, I hope he does, obviously, because I'm a Lakers fan. Right. But how, how fa- L.A. fans would view him then? Because – so you do have your Lakers fans, but you also have this uh, this subcategory of Lakers fans, and maybe even not Lakers fans, but 
but Kobe fans. The Kobastanis. The Kobe Yes, the Kobe stands. And um, they're a unique breed. I, I may have verged on Kobe stanism uh, at various points in my life. Your cat is named Mamba. Yes, that is a fact. <laughs> that is an excellent observation. Um, you once had my stuff thrown at you in Utah. That's true. Because you were wearing Lakers gear at a jazz game. Almost got into a fight at a jazz game. That is true. Although, so, apparently, it's not hard to get in a fight with those fans. No. I think they're the only place in the NBA besides Boston where you can have a whiteout with everyone wearing dark-colored jerseys in the crowd. I don't know what you're getting at there. Um so yeah, so so the Kobe stands, they they just similar to your fandom for LeBron. Whoa. You're gonna lump me in with Kobe Stanis? All I'm saying is that the Kobe stands um like Kobe more than they like the Lakers. Oh gotcha. Okay, and so um even when Kobe was playing a brand of basketball that maybe wasn't winning, um or efficient. Or efficient and you know, analytics would say that, you know, he wasn't a top ten player, like you couldn't say you couldn't there's no argument you could have with a Kobe stand uh, that was like a logical, like reasonable argument where you could like convince them that, hey, yeah, maybe Kobe's like past his prime and he's not efficient. Maybe he shouldn't be playing as much or, or playing at all. Um, and so I'm not one of those. I, I appreciate Kobe's great years and his, his, you know, the killer instinct he had, the passion he had for the game. I, um, I think you should know this. It's called the Mamba mentality. The Mamba mentality. I love the Mamba mentality. I love Kobe face. Um, <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite things in NBA ever is when Matt Barnes pretended to throw a basketball at his face on an out-of-bounds play, and Kobe doesn't flinch. He doesn't move. No, he doesn't blink. Yeah. He just, like, like he's rocking back and forth a little bit, staring at him like, like do something. Do something, Matt Barnes. Do something. And then yeah. Matt Barnes, like, throws the ball, like, inches away from his nose. Like, Kobe obviously felt the wind off his face. And Kobe doesn't react at all. Yeah. It's sort it, of the, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that. It was fantastic being a Kobe fan because you always felt like you had a chance. You always felt like he could lead you to victory. Even if he was having a horrible game, even if he was 6 for 24 in Game 7 of the Finals, he was going to get you 15 rebounds and do all the other things that it took to win. This leads me to a question about LeBron. Because that's how I always felt about LeBron James. And the last seven years, I've kind of been right. Because he's made it to the finals every single year. I mean, look what the Warriors had to build to beat him, right? But now, I think this might be his biggest challenge when it comes to the talent. And I air-quoted that for you listeners that surrounds him. I mean, Lonzo Ball, he's all right. Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> okay. Kyle Kuzma. Okay, I know. I know. This is why I've waited this long to talk about this. Um, Kyle Kuzma, to me, is the most exciting young Lakers player. Period. Okay. Um, but outside of those guys... And we've talked about this before. You have the JaVel McGee's. And you have the Rajon Rondos. And Lance Stevenson's. And bless the Lakers' hearts, Michael Beasley is on the team now. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to... Are we getting dreadlocked, Beasley? I I really hope we are. Um, Okay, so... Yes, the Lakers' talent outside of LeBron James is young and old. So it's it, it, players who have not yet reached their prime and players who are objectively past their prime. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do this year, but I don't think I don't think real realistic expectations are a uh, championship this year. I don't think the front office thinks that this is the year that um, 
they have not put all their eggs into the into the 2018-2019 season basket. Right. Because all these signings have been one-year contracts. It's all to kind of wait until next year when there's more free agents available, more ba- max. Basically, yeah. they're filling space. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're obviously going to make a play at Kawhi. They're going to make a yeah. play at other big-name free agents, except for Paul George now, who, who his feet are firmly planted in OKC <laughs> now. And, and, you know, bless him for and, that. Yeah. <laughs> but... We'll see when the first tornado comes through. Right? He's yeah. like, eh. You mean the tornado that isn't named Russell Westbrook? Yeah. So, this is, what I, this is my prediction. for. I don't like doing predictions, but until this changes, I'm going to stick with it. Like in baseball, I would use the same bat until I got out. Then I would switch bats. Senior year, I hit 469 doing that, by the way. Just thought I'd plug my batting average my senior year of high school. Like it matters. Anyway. Wow. Um, LeBron is... Stat of the day. Yeah, there it is. The stat of the day. You're welcome. We'll have a sponsor for that next week. So, or not. But LeBron is going to take this team to the playoffs in a difficult Western Conference because LeBron James is that good. Mm -hmm. And every year we look at the mess he has around him and we say, oh, it's going to be rough this year. He makes it to the finals because he is one of the most intelligent basketball players we've ever seen. And he is one of the best basketball players we've ever seen put together. And if anyone can make this team of misfits gel and play decent basketball, it's LeBron James. And these young players that are with him, Kuzma and Ball, and who's the other one? Brandon Ingram. Ingram. Josh Hart. You get those guys to learn from LeBron, and in three or four years, you add a couple of big big names, the Lakers could be real serious in a few years. And that's, I think, what LeBron is thinking. He's thinking, I'm going to sign this contract for four years, build around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I agree with all of that. I, I think also what you have to look at is this team, without LeBron last year, was not that far away. So they, they were about 10 games out of the playoffs, but they had about 10 games that they lost by like five points or less that they just couldn't close it at the end. Backing up Lonzo Ball for long stretches, especially when he was out for 30 games, was Tyler Ennis. Sorry, who? Yeah, exactly. So now it's going to be Rajon Rondo, who... <laughs> <laughs> who who, granted, is well past his prime, but he's a massive upgrade over what he had. Yeah. And, that, and that's yeah. what all these signings, like, none of these players who have been signed, except maybe JaVale McGee, are really slotted to start. It's going to be an open competition from everything the, the Lakers have said, other than LeBron. But all of these signings, everyone's reacting to them. Like, this is the, like, the starting five around LeBron is going to be Rajon Rondo. Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, and JaVale McGee. Please let that happen. Like, please. You'll never see that starting please five. Please let that happen. It's going to be the promising young Lakers who who did well enough last year to be, I think it was the 10 seed, right, in the Western Conference. And uh, adding LeBron, plus another year experience, plus upgrading all of your backup players, um, I think that gets you in the playoffs for sure. So I think that I think realistic expectations for Laker fans should be playoffs, and I think you know somewhere in the four to six range is kind of like where I I see them ending up. I think LeBron's worth ten games, and as a LeBron fan and not necessarily a Lakers fan, I want LeBron to go full Tim Duncan. I want him to take whole weeks off at a time. <laughs> like if they go do an East Coast road trip and they're like in New York and Atlanta and then they're in Boston and then they're in Miami, I just want him to stay at home. Yeah. Just let him, like, I just want him to play really long and play really great, even if it's for the Lakers. He can take a, a few days off here and there to repair all the vandalized murals yeah. around L.A. Oh, Kobe Stannies, calm yourselves, okay? <laughs> Kobe isn't going anywhere. 
He's done playing. He's playing for the same team now. Gosh. So, so, okay, keeping this LA centric because because that's that's what I like to do. Calm down. Um, let's talk about the Dodgers for a minute. By the way, what a great time to start a podcast, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was I was listening back to some of our pods. And I was like, we've talked about NBA contracts and NFL contracts for like an hour of our shows. <laughs> and, and baseball and all star games and. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the most exciting home run derby in recent memory. I know. We're just dropping the ball left and right on that. By the way, Bryce Harper, Vegas strong. I love that guy. I love how the Chicago Cub fans were like trying to <laughs> trying to say that he cheated yeah. because he wait, wasn't waiting for the home runs to land. Like, I don't know. If that's the hill you want to die on, go for it. Um, okay, so going back to the Dodgers. Dodgers had a really really exciting week. Uh, they they traded for Manny Machado. They Always loved up. Machado. Yeah. Always loved him. Who's uh, who's been the uh, the best offensive shortstop slash third baseman uh, for the past uh, past few years, and he's only 26 years old. Just turned 26, I think, a week or two ago. Um, so they traded for him. He's he's filling in for injured Corey Seager, and also filling in for injured Justin Turner, playing a mix of short and and third base. Um, so a really big boost for the Dodgers. Whether he stays long term or not, no one knows. He's he's under contract only through the rest of the year. Uh, hopefully, they get back to the World Series. Hopefully, they win the World Series, and um, hopefully, LA grows on him and they're able to make a decent offer and and retain him. I think that'd be great. I don't know that that's likely. A lot of people say he wants to go to the Yankees. They've got the money, um, and they're also a, a really promising team. So so who knows where he ends up? So my question is, when Turner comes back, when Seager comes back. What is their infield going to look like? Well, Seager's not coming back this season. Seager, Seager's out for the rest of the season. Right. Um, so assuming assuming Machado sign resigns with the Dodgers, um, the infield would probably look something like Seager maybe sliding over to third, Machado staying it short. I think it, you know it's a conversation you have with them, and if if Machado really wants to play short. You you kind of have to defer to the better player. Yeah, yeah, you really do. And and Seager's coming off of Tommy John. I don't really know how that affects an infield player as, as much as a pitcher. Uh, I, I assume his arm will still be strong enough to you know to make throws from third. There's the option of moving him to second base, um, but I, I just don't know. I don't know enough about that. I think Turner could slide over to first base. You could move um, Bellinger to center field, which he plays a lot of. So they, they have options. The great thing about the Dodgers' current lineup and the lineup they've had for the past few years is that they have players who play multiple positions. Yeah, they're, you never know on a nightly basis. Like I remember when, when we were watching a lot of Dodgers baseball last, uh, last season, you and I, I was blown away at how different their lineup was each day. Like not just like the position, uh, like the batting order, yeah. but where guys were playing. Yeah, you know, and uh, that always surprised me. And if they get, if they like solidify their lineup with a legitimate young superstar with Manny Machado, I mean, the Dodgers could have won the World Series last year. Just ran out of good mojo, right? Yeah, just ran out of that good juju at the end there. Um, so speaking speaking of players who play multiple positions, uh, guess what I did for like five hours yesterday. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I watched 16 innings of baseball. Oh, gosh. The Dodgers and the Phillies played a super long baseball game. Part of it was because of a rain delay, but um, they played 16 innings. Yeah, the rain didn't make them play 16 innings. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The uh, Dodgers ended up losing, but, but here's how we... I mean, Kike Hernandez. He's one of these players. He plays the outfield. 
He can play basically any position in the infield. He can catch if he had to. But the craziest thing, the, the greatest thing that he did last night was he came in for an inning of relief. So in the 16th inning, uh, he came in. He actually got the first batter to fly out. He then walked the next two and then gave up a uh, game-winning home run. Walk-off. <laughs> Walk-off home run. Walk-off. And in doing so, quoting the the great Tim Kirchin. Legend. Uh, National treasure. Kike went 0 for 7 and got the loss. Uh, outfielder Casper Wells did the same in 2013. Oh, Casper. And on July 4th, 1905, Cy, Cy Young went 0 for 8 and got the loss. Uh, he pitched 20 innings that day. Cy Young, overrated. <laughs> yeah, so whenever you're in the conversation with Cy Young, you're doing something right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start talking. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there seems to be like a lot of position players pitching this year. I yeah. think baseball starting to realize like if you're down by six, the odds of you coming back to win aren't very good. Mm-hmm. And so you save your relievers, which are, I mean, they're churning through, they're mowing through relievers this year like crazy because yeah. they just realize the value of a new pitcher, a fresh arm coming in and an arm that, the, you know, a pitcher and pitches that the other batters haven't seen the whole game. And they're like, just keep churning these relievers. So uh, Rizzo from the Cubs had a... Um, came in on relief appearance and, uh, you know, did pretty awesome. But what surprises me, Kike Hernandez is the only position player in the history of baseball, which we've been playing since, you know, we sailed over here from England forever. He's the only position player to give up a walk-off home run. Ever. Ever, making a pitching (laughs) appearance. So, Kike, good for you. You know what I love most about his game? He's just fearless. And... I think that had, he must own a cat or two. It's gotten. Send someone to his house right now. Send someone to his house with a pooper scooper right now. Wait, would cat feces be considered a PED? Oh. I wonder if that's on the banned substance list. Summers are, are short. <laughs> Summers are short. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm a teacher, so I think that, oh, that's yeah. why. Summers are too short. But football is coming up soon. Like, I saw a countdown. I... I was told the number by a TV or a Twitter feed or something, and then I forgot the number, but so many days till football. And that it's, was a lot smaller than I thought it was. So football's coming, and that's crazy. And uh, I'm excited for the football season to come, so that way we don't have to talk baseball and basketball contracts on our podcast for two hours <laughs> yeah. every, every week. We can actually talk about games, Yeah, you know, that matter. You, you know, my, uh, my five-year-old, Michael... I think uh, he was born in California, but we moved out here when he was about six months old. And Mikey, Mikey Snack. Yeah, and uh, I think the Texas is really is really getting to him because for the past month or so, about once a week, he'll walk up to me and say, "Dad, is football on yet?" <laughs> nice. So, so he's he's super excited. <laughs> he's for probably the season, saying that sir. with like some Pringles in his under his arm, right? <laughs> he's carrying the cat around doing the Heisman. <laughs> I love Mikey Snack. But, but fo- I'm excited about football this year. I- I'm a huge 49ers fan. We have the handsomest quarterback in football. What? JBG. Hmm. Handsomest quarterback in football. Is he the best? No. It's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, who is who is 1A on most attractive quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> I'd love to hear your top 10 most, My attra- top 10 most attractive <laughs> quarterbacks in the NFL. Thank you. Okay. 1, Jimmy Garoppolo. 1A, Aaron Rodgers. Three, because you got to go one, one, eight, and a three, okay, right? Okay. Um, Tom Brady, I guess. Four, Russell Wilson. I, I think Tom Brady, because of things going on around him besides his looks, 
It's just, you know, anyway, anyway. It's like everything about Tom Brady but his hair. Yeah, dude, Tom. Yeah. Just, I mean, your wife is a supermodel. She should know hair, right? Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't think we would be discussing this, but I'm glad we are. Yeah, me too. Five, Russell Wilson. Okay. Six, Deshaun Watson. Okay. Seven, the backup for the Patriots now? I forgot his name. That I don't guy. think they have a backup. <laughs> Google it. Okay. Google it. Okay, where was I? Seven? Sure. Seven. Andrew Luck. Because neckbeards are in. <laughs> no yeah. one knows what he really looks like underneath. <laughs> yeah, that neckbeard. You went to school with him at Stanford, right? Uh, we were there at the same time, yeah. Did, oh, dude, you gotta say, I went to school with... You gotta say that. Uh, yeah, I went to school with Andrew Luck. Nice. So when you saw him on campus and you like, he ate, like, ate at the eatery with him and stuff, did he have the neckbeard or is that like a recent thing? Uh, no, he was born with a neckbeard. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like cut the umbilical, yeah. shave the neck beard. That's right. Oh, <laughs> neck beard. I can't do it. I do pretty good Bill Belichick though. You want to hear that? Yeah, let's hear your Bill Belichick. Okay, I gotta get yeah. close to the microphone for my Bill Belichick. You ready? Yep. That's pretty good. I've been told. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on to Cincinnati. How about that? That's going to make the highlight real. Good job, David. Wow. What were we talking about? Uh, most attractive quarterbacks. Where were we? Uh, eight. Eight. Nine. Deshaun Watson. I think he was six. Nine. No, he wasn't. <laughs> you already said him. No, I didn't. Yes, he did. Okay. Okay. Uh, New, no, okay. New Orleans back. How is Carson Wentz not on this list yet? Have you seen Carson Wentz? <laughs> I, guess, I guess we just have different Not tastes. my type. Yes. This is subjectively correct. Okay. This is definitely a subjective list. Where was I? Uh, nine? Nine. Nine. Backup quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, Taysom Hill. Ten. I ran out of quarterbacks, I know. Baker Mayfield. Sure. Okay. Anyway, back to the number one on the list. Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. So I'm a Niners fan. I'm excited to have Jimmy Garoppolo playing for the 49ers because he's a young quarterback that could grow into something more. Yeah, and he's shown some promise so far. Yeah, I mean, it's been right. And what I'm most excited about, though, is the combination of of um, Kyle Shanahan, brilliant offensive mind. He's the head coach? Yeah. Okay. And, and the offensive coordinator, calling the plays and everything. That, and combining that with Jimmy Garoppolo, a young, healthy, smart quarterback who played under Tom Brady for years. Right, I mean, there is so much to be excited about in San Francisco, but that's the biggest thing to be excited about. And he, and he carries on the Patriot tradition of no uh, off-the-field uh, distractions, right? Yeah. All about football. Yeah, no days off. Yeah. No days off. Mm. Um, anyway, so I'm excited about that. Because <laughs> what's interesting, so you know that drop-off that Matt Ryan had where he was playing like MVP levels? Should have winning Super Bowls? Oh. Yeah. Oh. 28-3. Oh. So should be winning Super Bowls. And then he had a huge drop-off the next year. Kyle Shanahan left. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo looks pretty good with a bad 49ers offense. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan and, and the way he can play call for his quarterbacks makes a huge difference. So I'm excited to see to see Kyle Shanahan paired with a young, talented quarterback who he can develop and groom into his system. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, football's um, among American sports, like, w- one of the few where a coach really, really makes a difference. Yeah. You know, you have a stacked NBA team, 
you you or I could coach the Warriors to the NBA championship, right? Oh, it, I, it just doesn't matter. Baseball. Yeah. It could be uh, it could be like weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I giggled so much at that, but just I've had an image in my head of Luke Walton on the sideline. <laughs> Coaching the Warriors. Yeah. Like, every once in a while, he just raises his hand up in the air with, like, JaVale McKee pulling a string to raise his arm up. I'm doing that. Yeah, J- David's mimicking Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, anyway. Okay. So, but yeah, baseball, the manager, I mean, not really doing a whole lot. Sometimes there's some in-game decisions you have to make, but really, the manager... It's generally not going to cost you the game unless he's like leaving in a pitcher who obviously should be yanked. Proof of this, Buck Showalter once walked Barry Bonds in the ninth inning with two outs and the bases loaded. <laughs> <laughs> walked him intentionally to walk in a run. Yeah. But I mean, everyone was afraid of Barry Bonds back then. Yeah. Hockey, no one knows what happens in hockey or why... Players are constantly running off and on the ice. I'm not even going to talk about Can it. Can stop that with the hockey, by the way? Like, make some sense of what you're doing. Yeah. Like, in basketball, a guy goes to the to the thing, the guy waves him on, we all know what's happening. Wait for a dead ball. Yeah. I watched one time in hockey, a guy just, like, came out of the penalty box or, like, had a line change and he came out and he yeah. was behind everybody that passed in the puck and he scored. I was like, why don't they do that every time? Yeah. So yeah. explain that to me. Or don't, because I'll... No one in this room can explain that to you. Sorry. I think you're right. <laughs> but but football, you get a new coach, you get a new offensive scheme, you get it seems like a coach really can shape the uh, shape the football team and re- have have a significant impact on the success or failure of the, of the team. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I'm so excited about this 49er season. It's not so much about Jimmy Garoppolo, it's about Kyle Shanahan being paired with a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo who he can grow into a good quarterback cuz I mean I think the only quarterback, the only quarterbacks in the NFL right now who, regardless of system, would be super successful are Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and not particularly in that order. Because Aaron Rodgers has offensive mind, like the offensive coordinator and stuff, Mark McCarthy, and whoever else is there doing coaching for the for the Packers offensive side of the ball, they have a hard time like coming up with plays where where you know that are easy completions, you know. Um, a lot of times you're watching the Patriots, you're watching other teams, you're watching the the Kyle Shanahan teams. Um, who's the the guy with the awesome mustache for the Chiefs? I can't believe I forgot his name. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. He's one of my favorites. How did I forget that? Yeah. Andy Reid. The fantastic. teddy bear. And Andy Reid. That's right. I, I like him. Anyway, he's super good at at calling plays to get guys open. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. Not so good at clock management. Uh, yeah. I didn't say he was my favorite coach. Yeah. I just said he was good at calling plays. <laughs> but but play design and play calling is something that some coaches are good at and others are really terrible at. And I think that makes a huge difference in the NFL more than you know more than other coaches like we were talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah, and um, I mean I listen to a lot of uh, LA sports radio, so I can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> Again, his cat is named Mamba. His other cat is named Koozie. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, one thing we were talking about last week were these contracts, these NFL contracts. And yeah. all the players were, were upset that they weren't getting these NBA contracts with the guaranteed money. And um, I, I think we were ahead of the curve on that because um, just this past week, we saw two examples of running backs uh, getting massive contracts with, with guaranteed money. You, one, of, one of them yeah. hasn't played a down in the NFL. Yeah, tell us about that. So Saquon Barkley... Um, was just drafted this year by the Giants. Yep. And 
his thighs. I mean, his legs. The only the only person. All who right, top ten thighs. In oh, the NFL. top ten thighs in the NFL ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Is Barry Sanders. Okay, he's one through ten. Right, I think so. Oh, yeah. Can we? Okay, let's do this. Let's do Barry Sanders one through eight. Okay. Okay. Um, the fridge nine. Okay. And Dick Budkiss ten. Because <laughs> with a name like Budkiss, you have to have great legs, right? I... Yes, obviously. I mean, that's clear. But 11 is probably Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. But he has to prove himself, right? Yeah. I mean, he looks so like... So hasn't played it down yeah. of professional football, and he's getting $30 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. And that, that shocked me because just the previous week we were talking about these contracts. Now these NFL players have a really bad deal when it comes to that because a little injury happens or whatever. Yeah. So the, And especially running backs. Yes, that's what I thought. So when, when I saw him and Todd Gurley's the other one who got a big contract, $60 million guaranteed over how many years? Uh, I think four? four years, sixty million with forty-five million of that guaranteed. Okay, so so we have a forty-five million dollar guaranteed contract, yeah. right? Forty-five million dollar guaranteed contract for Gurley, thirty million guaranteed for a running back who hasn't played a down, and that just kind of blew my mind. It's almost like they were listening to the pod. Yeah. So I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, and I think our uh, our podcast analytics uh, will will show that of our. Thousands and thousands of listeners. Yeah, um, they're, 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 all, they're among them. Yeah, they're all NFL execs. Yeah. So they know where to come for the goods. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for football. You know, it's not my favorite sport, but it's uh, it always, you know, I, I, I don't really look forward to it when it's not here, but it's like when it's on, it's, it's super exciting. And yeah. so, yeah, looking forward to it, looking forward to, uh, to discussing the upcoming season with you, David. And, yeah. and seeing how uh, how awesome Tom Brady does this year. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is handsome. <laughs> okay, awesome. Like really handsome. We've talked about Barry Bonds a little bit, right? Yep. I'm a huge Barry Bonds fan. I'm a big believer in Barry Bonds. Not not that he existed. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of video and photographic evidence that Barry Bonds as an individual existed for. Right. But, but I believe that he is one of the, you know, one of the best baseball players ever. Not of his era, but ever. Okay. And uh, Ryan Spader. Not the Ryan Spader. Yes, Ryan M. Spader, at the Ace of Spader okay. on Twitter, sent this little gem out. And this just really helped me solidify my position on Barry Bonds as being one of the best baseball players of all time, period. Okay. Barry Bonds hit a major league record 762 home runs. More than anybody. 762. If all of his home runs were converted to strikeouts, okay? So you take all 762 home runs, eliminate them, and treat all of them as if they were strikeouts statistically. He would still have a higher on-base percentage and a lower strikeout rate than Willie Stargell, Reggie Jackson, Mike Schmidt, Sammy Sosa, and Alex Rodriguez. And we consider all of those players great players. I mean, Mr. Mr. October. Yeah. Mr. October. So if you take all 762 of Barry Bonds' most valuable hits in his career and turn them into the least valuable hits, strikeouts, he's still better than all of those guys. And guess what? He's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, why not? Weird. His OPS. Yeah. The last year he played, he was like 95 years old or something. I don't know. But it was to the point where like his head... Was like too big, yeah, to like balance on his body. But anyway, his OPS was in like the fourteen hundreds. <laughs> his last year in the league, yeah, 
<laughs> that mean that means he was really good. That means that means for every time he got up to bat, he was worth one point four bases. Yeah, which is insane. I mean, hitting the ball, hitting the ball, he was worth one point four bases per at bat. Mm. Right. There are two players in the majors right now who have higher OPSs than that currently, and they're Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, two of the best young players we've seen in baseball in a while. This Barry Bonds guy is insane. He had an on-base percentage one year of 609. On-base percentage. That means 61% of the time he got up to bat, he got on base. That's insane. Yeah, and, and the greatest thing probably about Barry Bonds is that, you know, he has all of these amazing stats, but he never really got a big head about it. If you live in Wisconsin and you're a proctologist or you deal with any stress-related disorder, but especially proctologists, be ready to open your doors early, be ready to close your doors late. Hire a few extra nurses. Bring on a few med students, do whatever doctors do when they're overwhelmed because the whole state of Wisconsin clinched for at least 20 minutes because Aaron Rodgers, the most valuable quarterback in the NFL and the most valuable arm maybe in sports and second most attractive no no. oh yeah yeah. behind Jimmy Garoppolo right was swimming with sharks during shark week at one point at one point the entire state of Wisconsin had like an uptake of air (laughs) like an uptake of air and there was there was less air in Wisconsin like a big low pressure system because the clinch had happened because a shark came at Aaron Rodgers and he pushed it away with his throwing arm. He like stiff-armed the shark in the nose. He's like, nah. And everyone in Wisconsin, everyone was like, oh no. I mean, the Packers organization can't be okay with this. Yeah, I mean, I just feel bad for the shark. <laughs> Why? Why do you feel bad for the shark? He got to touch Aaron Rodgers' hand. <laughs> that's a very aggressive, that's a very powerful hand. Oh, that's true. I think about that. Have that we checked on the shark? That, that whip? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you see the Hail Marys? Dude can throw. Yeah. Someone should check on that shark. I'm concerned about the shark now. I feel bad about making light of the shark situation. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. And I, I, I'd like to formally apologize to the shark who got stiff-armed by Aaron Rodgers. Um, I didn't realize what I was saying at the time. And I, I deeply regret what I said. How would you like it if Aaron Rodgers came into your house and stiff-armed you? Yeah, and everyone was filming it. Yeah. And like making a big deal out of it. I, oh, I feel terrible now. What a terrible way to end the show. What a terrible way to say terrible over and over again. It's terrible. <laughs>